As here we are with the Card 3 Athletics weekly podcast covering Whippy Old Football. As guys, we switched it up a little bit on the game plan, so we're going to combine the two podcasts we had planned into one. Um, just life gets busy, obviously. You know, we don't do this trying to make a profit, and we're still looking for that those couple big sponsors to help us out financially. So we have to balance Card 3 Athletics with what we do for our day jobs and schooling and whatnot. So we've decided with everything is to combine this into... Me doing one big podcast to break down all six Whippeal football brackets, as well as basically just give picks for the whole thing, as well as this week. So we're just going to break it down class by class, and let's get started. So class 6A, five-team bracket, simple as that, as at this point, it's win or go home. Or like Whippeal Insider says, it's win or start basketball season, so... 6A, 5-team bracket is the top three seeds in order who all get buys to the semifinals. Mount Lebanon, Central Catholic, and Seneca Valley. As, of course, Central Valley, I'm sorry, Central Catholic and Seneca Valley. They will square off in a semifinal next Friday night at Baldwin High School. When then Mount Lebanon will host the winner of the only game this week for the other semifinal next Friday. As, of course, the lone first-round game is a 4-5 matchup this Friday night. North Allegheny hosts Canaan Mack. As the regular season meeting saw the Tigers win with not much trouble. And honestly, you kind of expect the same because the Big Macs, they just haven't played good football to close the season. Most notably, the loss to, Nor- to Norwin, which also which didn't end up which ended up not hurting them in the playoff race. But, you know, a game that they should have won, they didn't. And honestly, NA, they just I think they're just more of a balanced team. I mean, anyone that went regular season meeting 36 14 on the road. Of course the Tigers coming off a tough loss to Seneca Valley. It's a case where, you know, when it came to playing the top three teams, and they struggled. Other than that, they had no issues. I think it's be the same thing this week. NA's at home, and they're used to this stage. They expect to win. Anything less is just insanity to them. Canamac, they're happy and excited to be here. But really, you know, you look at it, do, do, can they, do they believe they can win? I'm going to say no. I, I think NA's going to go out... Play defense, dominate the game, slow down any big plays. Canamac tries to pull out, and I think it might take it might take a full two quarters. But I do think the Tigers end up pulling away and winning this game by at least two touchdowns. And there is the more complete balanced team, I think. And I think the core acquisition with Logan Kirshner has become a little more stabilized throughout the year. I mean, they've gone guys who've stepped up to make big plays. You got the veterans like J.R. Burden and such who power both ways of the ball. I really just think that is the better team. Now, looking at 6A as an entire bracket, I mean, dare we say, is it Matt Lebanon's race to lose? I mean, they're they're the undefeated regular season, you know, Quad County Conference champs. We picked them as the favorite coming into the season, so thanks, Blue Devils, for backing us up all year. But you really just look at them, I mean, they're they're a senior-laden team where it's time. I mean, it's time for them, if they're going to do the damn thing, to do it. I mean, they've been consistent every week. I mean, you know, looking at things, their closest victory was 21 points against Central Catholic, you know, in, in that game early October that, you know, we had all those weather delays and they had to finish it at 10 a.m. on a Saturday, the next day on a Saturday, but the damage is already done. You know, other than that one, they had a 23-point winner against Upper St. Clair in, in week number one. Other than that, they won every game at least 28 points, and the last three weeks, they have won, they beat Norwin and Baldwin both by 35-7 scores on the road. 
and they beat Seneca Valley at home 38-7. So this team's playing good football at the right time. I think it's perfect timing for a bye week after 10 straight games, and they get a reset. And you look at it, they beat an A 51-20 when they played them, and you look at the other side of the bracket, and they beat Central Catholic by 21 points, they beat Seneca Valley by 31. So if you're the Blue Devils, you've got to love your chances, not just to get to Hines, but to really hoist the trophy this year. So that would be my pick to run the table and win 6A. Um, Central Catholic, of course, beat Seneca Valley. Mercy Rule with them when they met. I do think the Vikings will get back to Hines, and we'll see a Bob Palco, Terry Taunton duel to see who gets in their trophy to their to their Hall of Fame all-time grade in the Whippy Ole resume. But my pick's going to be the Blue Devils to be the Vikings at Hines Field. Not Hines Field, I'm sorry, not Hines. Um... My my bracket pick is the Blue Devils to beat Central Catholic at Norwin High School on November 20th. So let's go to Class 5A. As the bracket is 12 teams, top four goodbyes to the quarterfinals. And then the first round is obviously this Friday night. So here we go. So Friday night's first round action. Bethel Park hosts Woody High in the 8-9 matchup with Moon awaiting the winner. Penn Hills... Hosts Franklin Regional in the 5-12 game with Gateway awaiting. And the other side of the bracket, Upper St. Clair hosts Fox Chapel as they're the 7-10 seeds. The winner will play Penn Trafford next week. And the 6-11 matchup will be North Hills hosting Pierce Township with Pine Richland awaiting the winner. So, that's what it looks like. So, let me also look at the bracket real quick. I think the, I think the top four, I mean the top four, I mean Moon, PT, and Gateway... Yeah, without a doubt, top four. I'm a little surprised Pirates was given the number three seed just because Penn Hills won the three-way tie to technically be the conference champ via the Garner point system. Of course, PR beat Penn Hills. But on the flip side, Penn Hills beat North Hills, who defeated PR, so it all was all that. But the committee felt PR was more deserving of a three seed. You know, so, I mean, that's... But it's not a huge question. I mean, and you look at it... Potentially, you could see a Penn Hills Gateway quarterfinal, which again, that rivalry gets new, renewed. That's exciting. You could potentially see, I mean, you're going to see a, a, an important rematch either way, because whether it's North Hills and PR, or North Hills won the regular season, meaning 13 7 late in the season, or a rematch of last year's title game, Pierce Township and Pirates, and both teams looking vastly different than what they did this, in this time a year ago. You know, and then the other side, Upper St. Clair, if they hold serve. Then Penn Travers is going to be a doozy of a game. And I think no matter how you split that side, you'll have a heck of a semifinal in a couple of weeks. And then back to the left side of the bracket, you know, you're either going to have a Moon Woody High renewal of what's become a fierce rivalry the last couple of years, or a rematch from the regular season not too long ago, Moon and Bethel Park. You know, and I do think potentially you could have a really crazy type of semifinal on the left side because you could have a top undefeated Moon standing there facing Gateway or Penn Hills. If somebody pulls an upset, you'd have a renewal of an old-time Big East rivalry no matter who comes out of BP, Woody High, and Gateway, Penn Hills. So, if, and then also the final, I mean, no disrespect, but barring the Foxes or Franklin Regional making a run all the way to the final... I think you're going to have a really competitive game regardless who's standing there outside of those two. Now for the, this week's conversation on Bethel Park Woody High. I mean, this is going to be an exciting game. And again, I think 
this first round is going to be a really good round of games regardless. Um, looking at it, the Blackhawks lost 3 of 4. And granted, it was by touchdown to Kane and Mack, and then 20 nothing to Mal Lemon in Week 0. But other than that, you know, they, they won four straight before losing the last two, respected a moon by a touchdown to USC. So if you're Bethel Park, how do you turn it around? Because you go from having an ugly year last year to then this year being 5-5, five five, making the playoffs. For the last two weeks, also, they haven't been good. How do you respond against a Woody High team? And Woody High is Woody High. Okay, these are old, you know, Big East, Quad East, rivals from the old Quad A days. Here they are again. I mean, of course, when Marie Lamont first happened, they were conference foes in 5A before things got split up a couple of years ago. And it's going to be another chapter. And, you know, conversely, Bethel Park's lost two straight games. Woody High's won three out of four. In the grand, it was at Franklin Regional, at Connellsville, and over the Trobe, but they won games, and that matters. And Woody High's just a team that, regardless, you don't want to play them this time of year because you just don't know. And this game, I think, is going to be a case of either... Deontay Williams shines as the best player on the field, and Woody High plays phenomenal football, and they find a way to force a couple turnovers and win this game in a shootout. Or it could be Woody High's offense struggles, they're the ones who make mistakes, and Bethel Park grinds out a 10-point victory. I'm going to go the lines of, I think Bethel Park is going to play good for three quarters. I think they're going to be the better team for about four minutes into the fourth quarter. But kind of like what happened last week at USC, they're in control, they're right there, and the late game, they give it away. I think Deontay Williams makes a few plays. I think Pringle has a big day throwing the ball. And I think Woody High finds a way to win what's going to be kind of a crazy back-and-forth game, something like a 37-29 scoreline. I think Woody High pulls it out late with some dramatics to pull the upset on the road. But either way, I'm picking Moon to advance. But either way, I'm going to pick Moon to be a semifinalist. At this point, um, Pendles, Franklin Regional, I think Pendles is no trouble. I mean, the Duggars are playing great football, heck of a combination. Then you have another guy step up, Rayon Strader doing it both ways, leading that defense, being a big kind of time receiver. Amir Key's there. So I just think Pendles too much talent. Franklin Regional just hasn't been good enough this year. I think Indians have no trouble there. And that game with them in Gateway, that's going to be a doozy next week. It'll be a nice little rematch from earlier this season. And honestly, from earlier in the year, Penhills is playing a lot better football, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Penhills kind of run the table and get to the semis. But either way, I think Moon, they are for real. I've said this all I like Moon making it to Heinz Field. And by the way, the final in this game will be 6 o'clock on the 27th, that Saturday at Heinz of Thanksgiving weekend. Right side of the bracket, USC Fox Chapel. The Foxes, you feel good for them. they surprised this year. They have an electric offense, but they're inconsistent. At times, they're really good, and you're like, wow. It's the Foxes. But at times, you then you scratch your head going, what the heck's going on here? And kind of like B.Y. said on one of our car rides, they're just you just don't know what you're going to get. They're just very inconsistent. And USC, on the other hand, they hit a snag midway through the year. As, I mean, they lost three out of four games. But since that, they beat Pierce Township by four touchdowns. They beat West Day 17-3. They lost by three to Moon. Before ending with two crazy comebacks over South Fed and Bethel Park to get to where they're at right now. And USC, they're hot. They're finding ways to win. And that's what I like. They got versatility on offense. They figured it out. They're all over the place. I think USC wins this game. And honestly, I think they're going to pull away in the second half and win like 31 to 14. And then you talk up, and then just to keep it to this week real quick, North Hills, Pierce Township, 
this might be the game of the bracket. I know KDK and our boy Ben Tanua is going. And honestly, the Battle of the Indians, I think it's a total toss-up. Because North Hills, they've had the defense. They have the they have, they have the best player in the field in Robert Dickerson. And to be honest with you, at times they've looked really good. I mean, John Green hasn't gotten enough credit this year. And other guys like Liam Tracy, Chase Foskey, etc. You know, they've all played really big this year. And they've been consistent for the most part. I mean, they've won five out of six games. Grant, one of those was a forfeit over Woody High. The other one, the exception was a six-point loss. The penalty was a penalty stole in the final, literally the final seconds. Essentially, you beat PR, you beat Fox Chapel, and then you blew out Shaler. But then Pierce Township, on the flip side, they've had a different story this season because Pierce Township won their first. They won four to five, taking care of Connellsville, you know, beating Kane and Mac on the road, shutting out Fox Chapel. You know, and the only blowout was the ugly loss to Lemon. They even went to Penn Traffer won by two touchdowns, but then they got banged up. They struggled. I mean, they got smacked by USC. They lost by three to Moon. They got smacked up at the park before turning it around and beating West Ham Safayed by a combined 65-14 to 14 scoreline the last two weeks to clinch and get in the playoffs. And Peters, I mean, they made deep runs the last three years. TJ Plaques built the program to a great state. They're a veteran group. They're getting healthy at the right time. They're playing football at the right time. The defense has refound itself, and they're getting confident. And what you feel like Peters Township was an 11 seed on the road, playing was absolute house money. And it wouldn't surprise me if Peters is still playing two weeks from now. It will not surprise me one bit. And the fact that Peters and Penn Travis have kind of had playoff syncrasy the last couple of years where they tend to find each other and put on a show, you wouldn't be crazy. So I'm going to go on a limb and I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick Peters in an upset victory over North Hills, who they haven't won a playoff game in quite some time. So I'm going to go Peters to beat North Hills in an upset. And I'm going to go on another limb and go crazy talk here. I'm going to pick a Penn Trafford Peters semifinal. And I'm going to say we have a matchup of 1 and 2, call it boring, but there's no boring in 5A. I think we have Moon and Penn Trafford square off a of Heinz Field where somebody's going to get a Whippeal title that hasn't had one in a long time, in, case, in PT's case, ever. And I'm going to go, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, you know, to be basic and pick the one seed Moon to win this thing because they've been the best team all year long. They got about six guys who can carry the rock, make things happen. McGowan's a veteran quarterback. That defense is for real. And I think Moon's going to find a way to win this thing. But 5A is going to be an absolutely insane ride. Buckle up. So now we'll transition to classes 4A and 3A, respectfully. Let's give me a moment as things load. Okie dokie. So class 4A. We have a 13-team bracket. Top three seeds get a bye into the quarterfinals. In an order, they are Bill Vernon, Alquipa, and McKeesport. And the first-round games this Friday night are as follows. The A9 matchup, Highlands host Newcastle with the winner getting Bell Verdon next week. The bottom on the left side of the bracket here. Four-seed Hampton hosts number 13, Plum. The 5-12 matchup is TJ versus Indiana. Those two winners will score off in a semifinal, a quarterfinal, excuse me, next week. And then the on the right side of the bracket, Alquipo awaits the winner of number 7, Beaver, and number 10, Laurel Highlands. And then 6-seed Armstrong hosts number 11, Montour, with the winner going to McKeesport next week. So looking at the bracket, I think Boulevard was a no-doubt number one. Alquipa, no-doubt number two. And then you could have made a debate that undefeated Hampton should have been seeded third instead of McKeesport, especially with how bad McKeesport got beat on last week. But the Tigers, I mean, 
you know, I mean, they have, I mean, they beat TJ, they've had a really good win, so it's hard to argue that, and, all, and with the greater Allegheny kind of being the, the competitive, but really more kind of just middle of the pack of the rest of the conference, I think they kind of hurt Hampton a little bit in the seeding, that's why they got seeded fourth, and it's different because also you top three, you get this week to rest and repair, somehow to play, and, and, and then you look at with how it broke down. I mean, Plum, they played their way in. They they played their way in, give them credit. Greensburg Salem also kind of played their way out of it, but Plum's in. And Plum, I mean, they're not going to be an easy out because this team made the playoffs a year ago. They made the semis a year ago. you got studs like Eric Moore and Logan Brooks. You know, they're not going to be an easy out. So that should be a, that, I think it's going to be, a, that's actually be an interesting game. Um, honestly, TJ, Ukraine number five. You know, you had to. I mean, the end, you feel good that they're in. But of course, didn't do the best things to, to finish strong. So I think putting them, you know, they finished above Plum in the standings. So you had to put them above seeding wise. 12 seed, I think, is a good place for them. Highlands and Newcastle, I think, is a great matchup. Both teams have kind of been on, you know, so, similar stories in the season. And I think it's going to be a good game, anyways. You know, and looking at the other side, Beaver, they finished above Newcastle in. The Parkway, as well as ahead of Montour, so they need to be seated higher. There you go. Give them the number seven seed. I like it. Lower Highlands came the last team out of the conference, so they had to be seated a little bit lower. I think ten seed's perfect. And that's going to be a game. Wide Ringer versus Rodney Gallagher. Beaver, who's been good all year. Lower Highlands, who, other than, I mean, when they didn't have to play one of the top teams, they were very good. So we'll see what, how that plays out. And then Armstrong and Montour. Yeah, I like it. I mean, Kane and Olsen's become dual threat. Riverhawks been able to run the ball this year. Montour, though, you know, they're playing with house money. They're hot. They're funding games. they got the defense. they got the running attack. This one could be, is a very intriguing football game. So, I'm going to say this. No disrespect, but I think regardless of what happens, you'll see Bell, Vernon, Alcoppa in the semifinals. I hope we get a Hampton-TJ quarterfinal because I think how both teams play is going to be a very physical game. And, I mean, and that was going to be a fun game, I think. That would be the best possible matchup. And then, McKee, and then um, you know, McKeesport, I do think, you know, should be the heavy favorite regardless who wins that Armstrong-Montour game. But it's not going to be easy because Armstrong with that offense can go toe-toe with anybody. And then Montour, the way they're playing, again, their house money, if they pull an upset, watch out. So I do think McKeesport will be into the semis, but it won't be easy. Then honestly, kind of looking at things, you know, looking at things, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick a Belvert and Aliquippa final. I just think Aliquippa gets the Hines is what they do, and they have the big boys on the line. Belvert, Devin Woodlock's a special player. Quinn and Martin's back healthy. Other guys have stepped up all year, and I'm just not gonna pick up to lose till we see it. And then Hines, that'd be a game. On um, my pre-tournament pick, I'm gonna go with Belvert, and I think Belvert and you know, they made it there a couple of years ago. They had heartbreak. Now, this group, I mean, this group of seniors, I believe, was freshmen when they made it there and lost. And it's just they're playing special football. And, and, and I think just kind of Devin Woodlock, the Heisman moment he had against TJ and just how they've been winning these games, I just think there's too much right now going into the tournament to pick against them. But looking at this Friday's games, the Hampton-Plum matchup, Plum's not going to be an easy out. I think... This is potentially be a lower scoring game. Um, and actually is a conference rematch in the first round. They did it. When they met in the regular season, they met October 8th. Hampton won on the road and won by four touchdowns. 
I do think it's closer this time. I do think it's lower scoring. But I like the Talbots to win something like 27-10 to 10 or something like that. So I think Hampton pulls away in the second half. And just Hampton, I mean, you've got four or five guys who can carry the rock. Matt DiMatteo, I mean, he's a stud. The defense is phenomenal, doesn't get enough credit. The Talbots have been overlooked all year, and it makes me mad. We, I mean, we picked them to win the Great Allegheny coming into the year, so we got that right. They're 10-0. and They've out, I mean, they're averaging these games 38-11. to Plum's defense is giving up 28 a game. And, I, I mean, Plum's done a lot of good things to make the playoffs and turn it around after that ugly 0-5 start. But look who they bit. They went to Highlands, pulled off a two-point upset. They beat Nock. They beat, and then they pulled out, and they held on for a 30-27 Greensburg Salem to get into the playoffs. They had to forfeit the win to Mars, so they technically lost that game. So, and no offense, but Mars and Nock, I mean, they combined. They both went 2-8 and eight this year. So, you know, and you look at it, who they really beat. So, I do think Plum's going to be a tough out, but I like Hampton to win that game. TJ over Indiana. Indiana, you feel good for them. You're excited for the program. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're into the playoffs for the first time in a while. Devin Flint, Zach Harrington, they're fun to watch. They're good players. It's, I mean, and they, I mean, they have the ability... But those guys can run the ball, play keep away, and just wear down TJ in some scenario. But reality, TJ grounds and pounds. They they out physical you. They wear you down. That's what they live on. And they got the bigger. I mean, they got the better linemen. They have the experience. They're two time defending state champs. You gotta like TJ uncomfortably in this game. And then Beaver and Laurel Highlands, Wide Ringer, the Bulldogs have had a really good year. You feel good for them. As they were hurt with injuries last year, and they turned around to go seven and two this year. But things the Laurel Highlands, when they haven't placed a jungle cat, be it leopard, tiger, or jaguar, they've been really good this year. They've gone. I mean, they've, they're zero and three there, but they're seven and otherwise. I mean, looking at Laurel Highlands, um, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna do the mental math here, but. You know, when they've not played TJ, McKeesport, and Belvern and Lower Highlands, I mean, the last two weeks they've scored 81 points combined. And they and they have surpassed 30 points in three of their other wins. So they're going to light the scoreboard up. Beaver's defense is good. I just don't think the Bobcats have the offense. Gallagher's the best player on the field. And I think Lower Highlands, with all the hype of their first playoff game in a while, goes on the road and just outdo and just outscores Beaver, just outdoes it. You guys think, don't think Beaver can keep up. And then you have Armstrong and Montour. This one, this one's a tough one to call because Brock Janata took over in the fourth quarter. The line took over. And I was impressed with Montour. They went on the road and they found a way late in the game to take over and win, especially this time of year. That's a huge plus for me. You know, and for you look at their numbers, they're not great. You look at it, they've kind of been up and down all year. You know, but the games they did lose, it was four points in Newcastle. It was, it was, I mean, I'm, I was, I mean, it was fourteen ten. It was fourteen seven against Beaver. You know, I mean, they started off zero and three with three ugly losses, but granted, it was to all the Allegheny six teams that they played, and they kind of got to turn around. So, you know, and then they won two games at seven points over Blackhawk and Charvel, respectively. So Montours, which team are you going to get? The team that finds a way to win, or the team's going to come up short? I do think the one guarantee, this is going to be a low-scoring, close football game. I don't think either team breaks 24 points. Armstrong has won the last two in five of six, and they've let the score up. I mean, they, they mean they had at least 33 points in all five of those victories, and the loss of Highlands, it was 41-27. So 
but I think this time it's going to be a lower scoring game as it's going to on defense. And at the end of the day, this is the first playoff game for Armstrong since the Zane Dudek days, let alone at home. You're excited for him. I'm excited. This could be one of the best games of Friday night, to be honest. And I've enjoyed Armstrong. I've enjoyed Kane Olsen, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the Whippy Ole. Maybe the best junior quarterback, for sure. I think I think he cemented himself as that this year. And it's going to be fun to watch. But I think just the way Montour is playing, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. And I think they're going to ground it. And I think just the physicality of the combo of Caleb Williams and Brock Janay are going to win the game late. I think Spartans win this one 24-20. to but again, Riverhawks, if they start turning up the points, I think they'll pull away and win. So if the game gets into the 30s, I think Armstrong wins like 37-20-ish. But I think just it's going to play out where it's going to be a physical low-scoring game. It's going to favor Montour, and they're going to sneak it out on the road. Looking at Class 3A, this is a 12-team bracket. Top four get a bye into next week's quarterfinals. As this championship is set up for Saturday the 27th at 12 o'clock. And by the way, the 4A title game is at 3 o'clock on 27th, all at Hines. Um, it's the top four in order to get buys. Central Valley, North Catholic, Aberworth, and Elizabeth Ford. And honestly, these top four, no issues with the seeding. I mean, I personally would have put EF at number three and Aberworth fourth. But at the end of the day, probably wanted to avoid an Aberworth-Central Valley semifinal potentially. So that's probably why they did that. I mean, so looking at things, I'm going to say this. Central Valley, I'm picking to go to Hines and win the whole thing to prove otherwise. But who who else makes it to Hines? I'm going to say this is North Calix time to get there. As I think they're going to go to the semifinal crux and get there this year. But looking at the bracket, what we think. Who's to the first round games this week? The A9 matchup. Southmoreland hosts East Day. Of course, the winner will go to Central Valley next week. Elizabeth Ford awaits the winner of number 5 Freeport hosting number 12 Ambridge. Then the right side of the bracket. The 7 10 matchups, Keystone Oaks and South A with the winner getting North Catholic, and then Averworth awaits the winner of the 6 11 game, where it will be Burl at Mount Pleasant. So, looking at, look at the right side first is KO and South Allegheny. KO, when they had to play Central Valley and Averworth, was anything but pretty. You know, and they finished the year 5 and 5. I mean, looking at Keystone Oaks, they had an ugly 5 game losing streak mid season, actually, but looking at it closely, you lost by touchdown to Montour. You know, you lost to Steel Valley, which that looks like a really okay loss now. And then you lost by a point, one point to Shore Valley. You've bounced out of that winning three straight games against competition you should be. You took care of your business handedly. So the point is, KO, you're entering the playoffs feeling good about yourselves. And that's always a good thing. It's important. South Allegheny, you're, I mean, they've been back and forth. You know, win, loss, win, loss, and then the win over Mount P to get in. And, you know, and you got to feel good about that. But for South A, which team's going to show up? The team that plays good defense and holds their opponent to literally seven points or less, which in, you know, which in all four of their wins, they gave up literally seven, 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 and six points this year? Or is it going to be a team that, in you know, that in five of their six losses allowed 24-plus points? You know, which is, what's it going to be? And I think it's the X factor is is, is can Nick Buckley, um, Owen Minford, Ke- uh, Tyler Perry, Kevin Drew, and KO light up the scoreboard? Because I mean, if they do, this game's going to be over quickly. Or can South A slow it down, limit it? I think it's going to be a slow scoring. I think it's going to be a slow first half. But I think Buckley and KO break it open in the second half. I think KO puts up at least 37 points, which is all said and done, and pulls away and wins this game. And KO could be a dark horse with that offense. 
I do think they could be a dark horse. And a team that ended up averaging just over 26 points a game. You know, but you take out, you know, the shutout losses that happened with the Central Valley, else the number would be higher. Could potentially challenge North Calico, give them a run for their money in a quarterfinal. Mount Pleasant Burrow. Burrow has done enough to get in. They did the right things at the right time, but other than Candy Caprio, they really don't want much on offense. Mount Pleasant pounds the rock, slows the game down, grinds it out. The interstate low key was a pretty competitive conference this year outside of York and Brownsville. South Park, not a good record, but they're not they're, they're never easy to beat. So I do like the Vikings to win this game and to win it by two scores, even though they did lose two of their final three, you know, which could be a little concerning, but you know, I do like Mount P at home to take care of this business team that's back into the playoffs again. The left side of the back of Freeport Ambridge. How about Sherman McBride and the Ambridge Bridgers? Playoffs. Happy for that program, and they're turning it around. Good for them. I just don't think it's their time. Freeport's a better team. Ben Lane's the best player in the field. The Yellow Jackets by at least three touchdowns. But excited for Ambridge is definitely the excitement to be there. So Freeport can't take it lightly. And looking at Southmoreland and East Allegheny, this is, I mean, this is going to be a tight one. But what, but what, which East A team shows up? Because they finished four and five, they only allowed 16 points in game. But is it the East A team? I mean, which one's going to be? Because East A, you know, they took care. I mean, they beat Darien Valley by combined 108 to zero total. They beat Burrow by nine points, and they had a 40-0 over Janetta week zero. Outside of that, though, they lost to Steel Valley and Sarah Catholic by a lot. Same to North Catholic. You know, and they lost by 10 to Freeport, and they lost by 2 to Deer Lakes. So which East State team shows up is the question. Southmoreland, Anthony Governance had a really good season. They got some speedsters. It's two playoff trips in three years. I mean, they're 7-3. and three. And you look at the numbers, it's kind of it's more on the equal side overall. But at the end of the day, I think Southmoreland has been more consistent, has a better offense. And I still think East State is going to score enough points. I like the Scotties to sneak one out in a weird scoring game at home. And then just to clarify, I do think EF and Avorth will hold serve next week. But then they'll come short of the semifinals if we're making bracket picks. But again, I do think the seeding was very, you know, it was very fair. And I mean, it, it was very just overall. And last but not least, classes 2A and 1A. So we'll talk about the 2A bracket, which is a 16-team field. Everybody plays the week, so you got eight first-round games. So the left side of the bracket, number one is Steel Valley. They host Beth Center. The 8-9 game is Southside Beaver and Lingenew Valley. The bomb portion, number four, Wash High, hosts New Brighton. Then you have the 12-seed Western Beaver traveling to face number five, Beaver Falls at Geneva College. Right side of the bracket, Starhawks is number two. They will host Shady Side Academy. And that game is actually at Peters Township High School. Within the 17, Shore Houston hosts Mohawk. Number three, Laurel hosts McGuffey. And then the 11-seed Ashanic will be against number six, Sarah Catholic. That game's at Norwin High School. So on the seeding-wise, kind of surprised Starhawks didn't get the one seed. Um, that doesn't make sense to me, to be honest. Steel Valley's had a phenomenal year. They had a heck of a run, especially to beat Sarah Catholic to close it out, an undefeated conference title year. But, I mean, getting the one seed, I think, is a little bit high, especially when Laurel's been an undefeated, when they're an undefeated conference champ. They beat the defending champs, Beaver Falls, and they were up there all your side. It's kind of crazy that they jumped those two. 
But, you know, it is what it is. And the Wash High Tank Coverage is, I think, four seed is the right call for them. I'm looking at Beaver Falls as the five. Yeah, they're the best non-conference champ. No doubt about it. Syracuse, that loss hurt them a little bit, dropping to six. And that was to avoid a Steel Valley rematch at all, unless it's in the final. Um, you know, I've been looking at, I mean, seven and eight. You know, Shark Houston Southside, I think it's a matter of which cards you think is overall better. But also, you're trying to avoid a Southside Starhawks potential quarterfinal, which would be a rematch in that as well. You know, so I think it's what happened there. But then Ligonier Valley won to get in and get third. You know, but I do think out of the remaining eight, they are the best team on paper. Mohawk cooled off. So them getting the 10th seed, I think, you know, you had it because they finished, you know, where they did in the conference, and they beat in a Shannon head to head, and they were even record wise in the conference. So I think them 10 11 is fair. And as you finish Shannon, you get a Syracuse conference first loss of the year. That you can get Laurel again or having to go against Starhawks potentially. So it may work out a little more favorable if it even gets that far. Western Beaver is a 12 seed. Yeah, no issue with that. And the bottom four, New Brighton wanted to get in. You avoid a conference match in the first round. Makes sense for them 13. Mohawk going, oh, I'm sorry, McGuffey going 14. I think the way they the way they closed, you know, I think again was fair on the overall picture of the year. And then Shady Side, you got the wild card, wild creating a fifth number 15 to avoid the country match. Yep. And then Beth Sound, the lowest team, to round it out to 16. Yeah, can't argue with that. So that's my thoughts. I'm running through the bracket picks. I mean, I don't see a scenario where we don't have Steel Valley in the semifinals. I'm going to pick it up, and I think Beaver Falls powers its way back to the semis, and I think Beaver Falls actually makes it back to Heinz Field. So a little bit of an upset there. And then I've been on Starhawks all year long at the end of the day. I think Starhawks will... It'll be a Sto- I think it'll be a Sto- I think it'll be a Starhawks Laurel semi with Starhawks getting back to the final. And I'm going to pick a pick. I think this year Starhawks... And a rematch where Divas itself and beats Beaver Valley to hoist it. Of course, Heinz Field will be the host of the 182 Championship Games on Friday the 26th. Just to get that out there. So, then look at the, the first round game specifically this week. Steel Valley should have no trouble with the best center. I just want to see how many yards the Ironman rack up as well as what Najee Bird finishes as, as his rushing stats, as well as how long it takes for the mercy rule. I feel good for the best center to go back to the playoffs. Southside League in your Valley. This one's an interesting game. I mean, we were high on the Rams all year. Actually, they're both named the Rams. We're talking about League in your Valley. Southside, they play that brand of football. This is a tough one. But I th- I'm going to pick Southside. I think Southside is playing its best brand of football. League in your Valley disappointed against Steel Valley. They forfeited the Sarah game. I just think Southside, behind Luke Travel Piece, and of course, they're just a couple years removed from a Whippeal Tiling game appearance themselves. I think grounded out to find a way to sneak this game out. It's going to be a really good game. Um, Wash High should have no trouble with New Brighton. But I do think New Brighton hangs around for at least a half. Beer Falls should have no trouble with Western Beaver. I'm high on Tyler Kane and the boys. And Brickner had a hell of a game passing. So why not do it again? I think Laurel has no trouble with McGuffey. Laurel just is really deep and really good. Sarah and the Shanks should be an interesting game. I want to pick an upset. I think Sarah's looking at its wounds. I think they're disappointed. And I think Nishanik, who's been in tough games all year long, finds a way to pull off an upset and shake the bracket up. As Nishanik, they finished 7-3. and three. They only allowed 14 points a game. You know, a game they only, and they almost scored 34 a game. 
Like I said, they won their first three. They lost at Mohawk 15-7. Since that, they won four straight. They did lose the last two to Beer Falls and Laurel. Now he won another Becerra Catholic went off. An ugly loss to Steel Valley. Steel Valley pounded the rock on him. Nishanag likes to run the ball. So I think the Lancers do that and pull off an upset. And then the top of the bracket, Mohawk Shar Houston. The Shar Houston Bucks low key, seven and one on the year, and have only got up thirteen points. And of course that loss was thirty five nothing at Wash High. You know, but but then they, they 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 mean they won a low score game over McGuffey two weeks ago. They pulled out a shootout at Waynesburg to to, to, get, to help them get the seven seed. Well, yeah, so they're showing the ability to win. They actually have a really solid football team with Terry Fedsko and um. You know, and some of the other players I can't think of the one, but they're good. Mohawk, on the other hand, since winning three straight mid-season, which included the win over, or started with the win over Neshanuk, they they lost three in a row, just getting smacked by Beaver Falls Laurel and by two touches of freedom. They closed the win all in city, but I think Mohawk just kind of lost that touch a little bit. They've been fun to watch with Voss and Mark Connie. It's a shame that somebody has to go out this early, but I think Shar Houston at home wins a low-scoring type of ugly game. I think I'm gonna say each team has at least two turnovers. This is a big move for both these programs to be in the playoffs for the first time in a little bit. Well then Stoax should have no trouble with Shady side. It's just, I think Stoax I'm gonna say scores over forty points. And I th- and I'm gonna say Jamar Peterson runs for at least one fifty with three scores. And I'm gonna say the Vikings continue the streak and have at least one return touchdown as well. And then we go to Class 1A. It is a 15-team bracket as the number one seed has a bye in the quarterfinals. Everybody else plays this week's so seven first-round games. As the number one seed is Clarence who gets the bye into the quarterfinals. And then first-round games all this Friday or this first-round action. 89 games, Greensburg Central Catholic take on Olsh. That game will be hosted by Hemfield. And the 4-13 matchup is West Green versus Springdale. 12C Mapletown takes on number 5 Rochester. That game's at Freedom High School. On the right side of the bracket, number 15 Manesson takes on number 2 Cornell. And West Days hosting that game. Then you'll have number 7 Leechburg hosting 10th ranked California. Number 3 Caven will take on number 14 Burgesstown and Canamac will be the host. Then number 6 Carmack will host 11th ranked Shenango. So seeding wise, Clarito is out without doubt the number 1 seed. Cornell gets number two to sp- as, as they are the Big Seven champs despite them losing to Olsh. Canavan got the number three seed with a 9-1 record but the only exception being to the Clarington. They played Clarington very tough. And honestly, I kind of want to get... I, 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 I would have said screw the game in the two seed but I get it. And then West Green the Tri-County South champs with the four seed which I think is fair. And looking at... You know, I mean considering you had the East have two of the top three seeds... I wouldn't have thought it crazy to give Leechburg the five seed. I really wouldn't have. Um, and also, you, you, know, you want to try to spread these teams out, so that's why they didn't get the six. So that's why they're number seven as well. Um, you know, Rochester the five seed. You know, they had they had a weird loss to Union early in Collins play, but they figured it out, and then they're more than deserving. I'm glad to see Carmichael's getting respect as well as the TCS getting seed six. Cause I think they deserve that as well. Um, and then GCC and Olsh being the A&M matchup. You know, I mean, Olsh was just too... I mean, they they, they said the upset loss to Northgate. 
definitely hurt them seeding wise. So GCCU's played tough when they lost and had seven wins out of that. Deserves it. But that should be a really good game. Calving the 10 seed, yeah, I think that's perfect. And also then the bottom five seeds. Shenango did a nice job to turn around and make the playoffs. Like that. As well as avoid a conference rematch. Me and Maple Town with the 12 seed. Makes sense to me. Glad they got the respect. I was Springdale played their way in. They deserve 13. Yonin of a wins rematching as well. Burkittstown, who again won with last week to get into the playoffs, overcame a late season snag. And Manesson, who again won in week 9 to clinch. I think again, Power Rangers would be the 15 out 15. That's why they got that seed. So, uh, so I think really that's kind of, I mean, it's pretty fair. So looking at, I mean, Clareton's phenomenal, and I think they, without a doubt, make the semis, and honestly, I think they make the final. I do like West Green, who's playing great football. They get to the semis as well, but I don't think they'll have enough. And the other side, I like Canavan to make the final. I just think Canavan's the best team outside the bracket. And I, I do think it'll be Leechburg coming out, so I do think Canavan will be Leechburg for the second time to get back. And then Clareton Canavan rematch. I like Clareton to, to hoist the trophy and get have a redemption run as well. But looking at this week's first round game, specifically GCC and Osh. This one's a tough one. The Chargers have been up and down, and to me, it's just too consistent. I mean, they're outscoring people 21 to 19 on a basis. They're six and three. GCC six and four, but they only give up 20 points a game for scoring 25 and a half. And the Eastern Conference was tougher than the Big Seven of Grant. The Big Seven was much more balanced, top to bottom, and it was wacky. But the East, I think, the top five collectively is probably tougher and more consistent. Than, than than the Big Seven was this year, and, and plus the Centurions have like seven or eight former Jeanette players who won the Whitfield title a year ago on their team. Jaden Canyon making a huge impact a week ago, so I think that will make a difference as well. And they're at, and they have the advantage for the Centurions playing, and they're you know close to them, the backyard to being in Hempfield, or so Chargers have to go from um moon like you know moon area all the way out there, so I GCC. Oh, and then, like, so West Green, Springdale. Springdale gone in. Dexter's a good player. Oscar's a veteran, solid quarterback. But West Green's playing good football. They've become used to these moments. Colin Brady, um, you know, Corey, Corey Wise. You know, they're just a heck of a one-two punch around the ball. West Wilkie's figuring out through the air. Guys are making plays. And West Green's just playing his best ball at the right time. I think they take care of it at home. Rochester, Rampatone. Landon Stevenson, I think, is the best individual player on the field. Yes, I said that. And the Maples have a puncher's chance. But the Rams, the experience, also just the depth. I think they're going to run past this one and pull away in the second half. Carmichael and Shenango, the Wildcats, I mean, they played good football lately to get into the playoffs. On the other hand, with Carmichael, they've been good all year. And Trenton Carter, Mike Stewart, and that company, Mike's at home. I think they went on, they went, they went a nail-biter. This one, I think you're going to see both teams running for over 300 yards. It could be a game that goes into the mid-high 30s. Canem and Burgesson, the Blue Devils, glad enough for them to be back in the playoffs. They closed down strongly. But Canem, they're not one for a reason. Too much talent, too much speed. I think they win by at least three touchdowns. Leechburg and Cal. California's got the experience. They got the defense. Ethan Fike's a bad boy. Hunter Hassan, Damone Stafford and company could definitely score at the best of them, and they, can, and they have the defense. This is Leechburg's first playoff game since 1988. Shout out to them. 
And I think the Blue Devils are too much on offense. Tommy Burke, Braylon Lovelace and such. I think the Blue Devils overcome early nerves. They'll have to come back from a slow start, but I think Leechburg pulls it out late fourth quarter of the dramatics. Doing something like 40-36 to 36 or something. I had Leechburg in a nail-biter. And then Cornell and Manessa. Manessa, you feel good for them, but Cornell's the better team. Timmy Henderson's best player in the field. Raiders by at least 17 points. So that is that, guys. So that is our bracket and first round preview as every first round playoff game in the Whippy Hole is held this Friday night kickoff. I think all of them are 7 o'clock. If not, it would be a 7.30 kick, but I think they're the most, if not all, at 7. And it's winter go home. So I hope you guys enjoyed all this. Comment below with your picks or predictions or what you think. As Check us out. Cover3athletics.com slash WestPA. I'm, I'm sorry, I messed that up. It's Cover3athletics. Oh, wow. I am a little bit tired. I'm messing this up. As, they are, as I'm sorry, as our website is cover3athletics.wixsite.com slash westpa and it's cover the number 3 athletics in the address bar find cover3athletics on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok and Twitter as well as our website has all of the links has scores, brackets, schedules and more as well as our brother blog Frontier's World of Sports that has a lot of featurettes and spotlights and of course our anchor app which has links to this podcast and every other one so we combine them into this one one hope you guys enjoyed this it's playoff time, guys. It's November. It's showtime. So whatever you're going to do Friday night, enjoy it. Be smart. Be safe. Have fun. We'll talk next week to recap it all. And we'll take a look at what will be quarterfinal action with the 6A semis. So hope you guys enjoy it. It's first round time across the board in the Whippy Enjoy it, guys. We'll talk next week.